Hello everyone, my name is Chris Bouguet, and I'm here as always with Rick. No, I'm just kidding, no Rachel today. In fact, I have two special guest interviewers with me today, and they are Tucker Bouguet. Hi. And Maggie Bouguet. Hi. These are my children, and um, the reason we are inviting them to come on the podcast today is because um, one of the responsibilities that we've taken on with this podcast, and I'm trying to take advantage of while I have uh, a two high schoolers in the house, right now is to educate everybody about the slang terms or terms that um, might not be found in the dictionary uh, so that everyone would know these are what these terms mean because we like to explore language on this podcast. We also like to talk about there might be certain words that we'd want to add as quick fire phrases to someone's AEC system or talk at least as a group about adding these words uh, as a as something on someone's AEC, AAC system so that they could um, more immediately connect with other people without having necessarily to type in those words because of course we want to practice spelling and practice spelling those words but be able to access them quickly so uh the kids and I have or, have created a list of words that are used in high schools, middle schools, right, would we say, uh, at least in our neck of the woods, that you might think about adding or discussing adding to an AAC system. All right, you ready, children? Yes. All right, here we go. Maggie, what's the first word on the list? Slay. Slay. All right, how do you say it? Slay. <laughs> All right, and what does it mean? It basically means like, wow, or... um. It's a compliment to somebody, like if they're dressed nice or they look nice. Slay. So you might say, is it a, a similar to awesome? Like, you look awesome, you might yeah. say. Slay. Like that. Yeah, or like if they do something right, then like you're slaying. Gotcha. Okay, so slay. Simple word, verb. Um, yeah, I would think of it as a verb, but really you're using it more as a describing word. Mm -hmm. right? What's the next word? Uh, queen. Uh, what does queen mean? Um. It's just like a positive reinforcement, another describing word, you know, like, and usually slay and queen go together. So like, slay, queen. <laughs> you put those two words together. Yeah. So on someone's AEC device, you might have the word slay. You might have the word queen. Those words might already be in someone's communication device, depending on the system you might be using. But then as the quickfire phrase, you might say, slay queen together, right? Yeah. And it means like you're dressed nice. You really like uh, their attitude right now, something like yeah, that. Yeah, or they do something right. Like they got a good grade or just anything really. Gotcha. Positive affirmation. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. What's the next word? Uh, give me tea, sipping tea, or like drinking the tea. Okay. Let's talk about that for a second because that's not one word. That's an entire phrase. Yeah. There's so, multiple different ways to say the phrase too. So give me tea or... Sipping tea. Sipping tea. Now, I've heard slay, I've heard queen, I've heard you say those. I've never heard this phrase. So what does it mean? Okay, so give me the tea is like, give me the drama, give me the... Um... Wait, give me the drama is another one. I don't know what that means. It's like, give me the spiel about the school, like what's going on right now. Give me um, an update. Yeah, give me the um, news or whatever. And okay. then sipping tea is you're getting the news. So one is asking, and the other is you're getting it. Yeah. All right, one more time. Put it in context. Use it in a, in a phrase. Give me the tea. I want to know what happened. And then I'm sipping this tea up. 
<laughs> gotcha. So you're understanding. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool. Cool. And you use these in high school, Tucker. You're going to be um, a senior this year. Maggie, you're going to be a freshman this year. So you're just coming out of middle school. Tucker, you got your last year of high school. Uh, do you use some of these phrases? Do I use them? No. But no, you hear some people. Much. Yeah, I, I hear some people use them. I don't use them, though. Uh, We'll get, well, uh, jump in if any of these words are words that uh, that you use, all right? Um, the next one's ship. Like, I'm shipping these two people together. All right, I think I know what this means because I've heard this view. So this took you a while to get, though. It did, it did. Okay, so if you're watching a show together, right, and um, there's two characters that you think would be really... Um, cute as a couple. Cute as a couple, romantically involved, mm -hmm. then you're shipping them. Right? Yeah. And so that could also then work in real life. So if there's two people that you hope get together, you try and ship them. Yeah. Or if they're already together, you can also ship them. Like, I ship you and mom. Gorgeous. Love it. <laughs> Got it. All right. So ship, again, a word that might already be on someone's AAC system, but uh, this way they can be used in a different con connotation. And we need to teach that explicitly that ship could mean uh, trying to get two people together romantically. Mm -hmm. Okay. What else? The next one's fit. Fit. Okay. Now, <laughs> let me give you the story behind fit. So, uh, Tucker and I were playing a video game together, and one of your friends was on this game with us, right? Yes. And I was a pirate on a ship, and the, your friend said, "Oh, Mr. Bugay, I love your fit." And I was like, "My what?" <laughs> and and she was like, "You're fit. You're fit." And I'm like. I don't know what that means. And then, of course, I realized she must be talking about my outfit. So outfit is short, how I was dressed as a pirate. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Fit is short for outfit. Like fit of the day. I love your fit. Uh -huh. So is it really about your clothes? It's not like, because another connotation for the word fit would be like, I do a lot of push-ups. So no, I'm really it's healthy. Just your clothes. Uh -huh. It's just what you're wearing. It's just clothes, not your physical body. Physical body, no. Okay. Okay. So I like your fit or just fit really means outfit. Mm -hmm. All right, got it. Let's go. Bruh. Bruh. B-R-U-H. Yeah. Bruh. Yes. Bruh. Okay, what does that mean? Bro. Hey. Hi. Mm -hmm. It's just a greeting or a starting of a sentence like, bruh, you will never believe this. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's really like getting someone's attention or something? Yeah, I use it in a way of more like, oh, come on, like, bruh. <laughs> gotcha. So it's just a way of, of saying like, you. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like the way you say it can convey your current mood. Like, bruh or bruh, you know. Interesting. Okay. So that if an AAC user might say bruh, it might say it consistently. So I wonder if there would be a different, um, like, so could you imagine on someone's AAC system, two bras, bruh, that is like getting your attention. And another one is like, I don't believe you or something, but it's programmed in a way that it says it differently. Like, bruh, and it's a longer uh, vowel sound rather than bruh, you know, mm -hmm. which is like, get your attention. Okay. Go on. Okay. What else we got? Uh, Stan. Stan, S-T-A-N? Yeah. Stan. Okay. I have never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> what, it's... is it inappropriate? No, oh. no. It's, uh, so, like, I stan you, like, we... Well, okay, so the... Wait. I think the long term for it is called stalker fan, but it's more... No! No? That's not... Stalker fan put together a shirt yeah, like you, like you, like you stan someone, like you... Lo like you follow them a lot and you oh okay so stand would be a verb that means you follow them yeah like yeah. You, you would follow them anywhere okay right? okay okay like Got, maggie that. you're laughing like that's, that's not... not how we use it all right, we use it use... as like 
We stand your outfit today. We stand our teachers. Like you withstand them. Like you can't. You're you're tolerating. No, like them? we like stand up for them because they go oh, through. Oh, gotcha. Uh, so you're backing them. Yeah. Yeah, you're supporting them. Yeah. Okay, so stand might be in some connotations it might mean you're following somebody, but another connotation it might be that you're supporting somebody. Yeah. Stan. Okay, I love it. I'm I am learning so much. The next one's mean, which is the one we're gonna. Yeah, okay, talk let's about. talk about it. Okay, so then it comes Chugi. Chugi. So C H E U G G Y or something like that, or just one C H E U G Y. Okay, Chugi. What does that mean? It means like your outfit's outdated or ugly. So if you're being nasty, you might say That outfit's Chugi. Those shoes are Chugi. Ew, those shoes are Chugi. Your hair's right? Chugi. But you're being mean. You're sort yeah. of okay. So uh, when we were discussing whether we should put this on the list and discuss it, why would we put mean words on somebody's communication device, right? Um, well, the reason you might do that is the same reason you might put an expletive, right? So uh, those are swear words. I know you kids would never know what those swear words mean, but there are swear words that people say sometimes, right? Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. You've heard you've heard them. No, Not, <laughs> you, know, you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but the point is. Everyone has the right to say these words. Someone would have the right to say chugi, and it's and then it would be an opportunity to teach why that's a nasty thing to say. Why we wouldn't uh, call someone's outfit chugi, right? Mm -hmm. In the same way, we wouldn't say, "Ew, you look like ugh today" or whatever, uh, or say something inappropriate. Kids have the right. Students who use communication devices have the right to say things that are inappropriate, and then it's our job as educators to teach them why that's inappropriate. So same thing with Chugi. If two middle schoolers were walking down the hall and one was being mean to another, almost bullying another, saying, ew, your outfit look, looks Chugi, then you it's an opportunity to have a conversation about why we don't say something like that and how we there's a better way to, um, to approach it. But that's not the same thing as not having it on the communication device, right? We would and then teach why you wouldn't use it. Okay. What else we got? Uh, this one's Tucker. This is GG. GG. All right. Wait, I know what this one is, but Tucker, go ahead. So GG stands for good game. It's usually used after you uh, either win or lose a game. And you like, yeah, usually an online game, but it's moved its way into real world, real world now where people will just finish a game and either whether you win or lose, you say GG and it's like a show of good sportsmanship. Yeah, GG is short for good game. Yeah, right? good game, good game. And uh, in a like a sport game, people line up and they shake hands afterwards. Right. And there's no hard feelings. It's all about having fun in the game. Yeah. Unless you lost. Well, that's the whole idea. If you lost, you still say GG, right? Good game. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the same thing with the video game. If you win or lose or whatever at the end, you might say GG, GG. Yeah. Now, in this case, I might suggest that this would not be a word that you would put. Um, I could see good as a word and game as a word. But GG is fast enough to switch over to a keyboard and type GG and then hit um, the speak select disp display to say GG. GG. I wouldn't necessarily be thinking about programming that in. Um, although if you're playing a lot of on online games and you hit one button, it could be a little bit faster than flipping over to a, a keyboard and hitting three, you know, because you have to hit the keyboard and then hit GG and hit speak display. So you could speed it up if you're playing a, a lot of online games, but I would really emphasize practicing the, the QWERTY keyboard. Yeah, there. But even um, if, even if, even if you're playing online games, it's Usually GG is used after you win or lose, so there wouldn't be any reason to not take time to just switch over. It would save an extra space on the keyboard. 
Yeah, that's that would exactly. If you're talking about real estate, how many buttons do you really want one that says GG if you could go over to the uh, keyboard and type in GG? All right, excellent. That's all. And people can on their individual teams would can have those discussions and figure that out uh, for each individual user. But now we know what GG means. Uh, what's next? Slaps. Slaps. All right, I think I got this one. So this would be the opposite of chuggy. Right. So if you might say your outfit slaps, it really means like it's cool. It looks good. I really like it. Right. Yeah. But that's not the only way to use it. Okay. It's like this food slaps or this building slaps. It just means it's good. Yeah. It's good. Anything. It's a compliment. Yeah. Right. Uh, This banter slaps. I'm really enjoying it today. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Got it. Snatched snatched okay now the way that now i'm guessing here but that would mean like grabbed quickly no i grabbed it quickly snatched it i mean you can use it i stole it from somebody i mean kind of okay i i use it like that sometimes but uh most commonly used it's like you're snatched today like you're super like (laughs) okay but that's not a word what what does snatched mean can you describe it like you look good today yeah okay gotcha gotcha you look good today you look snatch snatched you look snatched yeah so it's a again a describing word yeah all right all right what else we got eight eight yeah like a-t-e like i ate food yes all right so that means i ate i put something in my mouth chewed it swallowed it no okay what does it mean like uh you ate that up like that was great you did that well is basically what it's saying i ate that up okay so that's with flying colors Gotcha. So eight can be is you're using it in an expanded way. I ate it up means I absorbed it. I took it in. And again, it's like a compliment. You did a, I did a really good job or yeah. you did a really good job. All right. Can you use it in, in a sentence? You ate that test out. Like you, you, you aced it. You aced it. All right. You did really well on it. Okay. Got it. All right. What's the next one? Rent free. Rent free. Again, I know this one. This means it's usually an, ex- an expression that's longer than that, right? Like this lives rent free in my mind. Yeah. Right? yeah. So that might be the entire expression, right? which means Tucker. Like you can't get out of your head. It's just it, it's something you just think about constantly. Gotcha. So so um, it, there might be like a song that's stuck in your head and it lives rent free in your mind yeah. or a thought, you know, maybe you listen to some concept here on the podcast and you afterwards it's it's living in your mind rent free. You keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. Yes. Yeah. OK, cool. What else? This one's Tucker's that he likes to say. Vibin. Vibin. Uh, Vibin. What's, what's that? Vibin's just like uh, you're you're chilling. You're doing fine. You know, you're living life. Vibin means you're kind of hanging. Yeah. These are all other slang words like hanging, chilling, right? But it just means like you're relaxed. Yeah, you're right? relaxed. Whatever you're doing, you're relaxed. Yeah, you're in your element. We're vibing right now, right? Okay. All right. What else we got? Main character. Main character. Okay. That, I mean, clearly that's like in a story, the main character of a story. But how do you use it? So like if you're having a main character moment, you know, like, in movies or in books when someone goes and like walks out in the rain and like that's like a main character moment and um if the world is revolving around you in that moment that's your main character moment gotcha so if you're like um uh, in the context of let's say middle school right like if you had a moment where you were in the school play and you were the one your line 
you might say that was a main character moment or you had to do a presentation you got up and you and you slay you 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 did you 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 did an amazing job right then you might say that was a main character moment yes okay we lost maggie she she's she's laughing too hard to speak on the microphone was that that was my main character moment <laughs> crying what what's a word you say when you're crying you're laughing so hard you cry lmao <laughs> lmao yeah laughing my i don't know what the a stands for but oh would be off right i don't yeah. know this word in there okay LMA, but that would be just like lol that would be a shortening of a phrase it's laughing my absolute butt off okay but absolute butt <laughs> off i like it all right absolute what else is a hyphenated phrase mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um understood the assignment okay this is from tiktok i understood the assignment right Right. Well, I should say I know it from TikTok. It's probably a real song out there someplace. It is. But it means that again, I did a really good job. Right. Again, if yeah. you killed a um, a presentation, I understood the assignment. You make this great graphic, and people like really like the graphic. Be like, I understood the yeah. assignment. Right. Am I yeah. describing yes. it well? Mom goes around the house saying it all the time when she does something really well. <laughs> right. It's true. Um, what else we got? Sending me sending me okay that this I'm gonna, one's not that new but i'm gonna say sending me does that mean like you're upsetting me yeah, yeah you're it's like frustrating you're sending me over the edge you're sending me over the edge yeah okay but you're okay that's really good interesting point that you just brought up there maggie it sounds like what a lot of these expressions are a number of these expressions Emotions. are well, they might, yes, they, they, they carry some sort of emotional weight, but also are there expressions that were longer, but shortened, right? So sending me, geez, in today's age of texting things, do I really need to say sending me over the edge? Or can I just say sending me? It's a shortened abbreviation of the longer expression. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, period. All right. Period. What does that mean? And the way you're saying it has a certain connotation. It means like, so... The way I say it is like bright, cheery, fun. That's the way like all my friend group and everyone says it. But then there are the other set of people which see it as period, like end of sentence and we're done. Yeah. Stern, strict. That's how I would say it. Mine is spelled P-E-R-I-O-D-T. Okay. So it's like period. Um, And it means what? It means like... Like a sleigh, basically. You did that right. Um, you ended that. You did that perfectly. Okay. Again, killed it. Yeah. Okay. All right. What else we got? Yes. So spell it for me. Y-A-S-S. How many F's? Yes. Yeah. No, I didn't say it right. How do you say it? Yes. All right. And that, again, is a connotating um, happiness for somebody. Yeah. I'm excited for you. But then you could add it to, like, sleigh queen. Okay. Okay. Anything else? So uh, it's, it's, and that was sort of like, yes, like, yes. Right. But it's just said in a different way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, shook. Shook. Okay. What does that mean? Like I'm shook up. I'm shooketh. <laughs> what does that mean? Shooketh. It's a Shakespearean way of saying shook. I don't understand. <laughs> it's like that shook me up or like that. I'm shooketh. Okay. I'm shaken. So, but okay, what I think you're saying is, again, this is a shortening of an expression, I'm shook up, which means I'm scared or I'm I'm frazzled. Yeah. Okay. Like, like if, if you were driving and suddenly a deer jumped out afterwards, you'd be shook. I mean, yeah, but also like, 
if someone came in with their new haircut, you'd be like, oh, I'm shooketh. Ah, so you're surprised. Yeah. You're surprised. Okay. And it doesn't mean good or bad. You're no, just like surprised. Well, I yeah. would never have guessed you cut your hair like that. And then you'd say, uh, how, then it's if, a it, haircut. if you didn't like it, <laughs> I mean, that'd be nasty. And then if it was good. Slay queen. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh, girl boss. Girl boss. Sorry, that what's one's that? been there for like ever, but still it's coming back. It's making its way back. Okay. And what does it mean? Girl boss. It's kind of self-explanatory. Like, like Rachel owns her own company. She's the girl boss. Slay girl boss. But it's, I mean, middle school, you don't have, in high school, you're not necessarily owning your own company, right? So what does it mean? Just you're, I'm really proud of you. Yeah, like I'm really proud of you. You did a good job. You've taken charge and you're, um, right? Yeah. Okay, great. It's like a reward. Ah, it's like a reward. Mom says this all around. Like too. every day. Mm-hmm. This every would be time. A gestalt in our family. So, okay. So, it's like a reward. Also, for, is it from TikTok? Uh, I think so. Okay. And what does it mean? It means like you did something big and then you got something and it's like a reward. Uh huh. So, mom might have a little bowl of ice cream and say, it's like a reward. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mom does a whole paper and then has a scoop of ice cream. And then she's like, it's like a reward. It's like a reward. Okay, so it's like a reward really means you're rewarding yourself. You know how you have to say it, Dad? (laughs) How do I have to say it? It's like a reward. It's like a reward. (laughs) All right. Bet. Talk to this one a lot. Bet. Bet. B-E-T. Yeah, B-E-T. Basically like, oh, awesome. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Like, if someone were to say, you want to go out sometime? I'll be like, bet. That means like, yeah, let's do it. Gotcha. So we're going out to, hey, you want to go out to California Tortilla? Bet. All right, that means yes. Let's yeah. do it. Okay, fantastic. Like you're excited. You're excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, mid. Mid. M I D. Yeah. Okay. What does that mean? Like, you're mid. <laughs> That's just saying the word again. What does it mean? <laughs> like you're in between. You're not yeah, great. You're, you're not, not bad. average. You're just middle. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mid. I'm not super excited. I'm not super depressed or sad. I'm just. Just no, mid. it's not your emotions. It's just like you're mid. You look mid. So again, it's a judgment on how someone looks. I mean, not always looks, but like, like that move was mid. So an action might be like buttoning your flannel was mid. Like I just took my shirt and I started to button it yeah, out of mid. Like, and so that's just mid. All right, but it just means not high or not low. You're yeah. just even, even. It's not necessarily a nasty thing, or it, could it be? It Depending could on... be if you're like... If you think you look really good, it's like a... Yeah, it's mean, like a... It's mean. like a semi-mean way to take someone down Like, a I look good okay. today. You look mid. But if you if someone feels, like, low, you could say, oh, you look at least mid, like, okay. to bring them to up a little build bit. build them up. All right, so it all depends on how you use it. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of my personal favorites, Miss Girl... Miss girl. girl. I don't know like how to MS spell. girl. Uh, Miss girl. So I put that in sentences a lot. Like okay. when I'm surprised or like, get it, Miss girl. Or like. So it's, again, it means surprised. Yeah. Okay. Like, yes, Miss girl. <laughs> I can make a whole sentence out of this list. Yeah. So it would be similar to queen then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Serving. Serving. Yeah. Okay. That means you're giving something to somebody. Uh, kind of, yeah. So, like, you're serving in this photo shoot. You're giving, like, you got this. Like, you look great. Or you're serving with your song. Like, if you're singing and you're serving. You're doing a really good job. Yeah, you're doing a great job. All right, good. Hot sec. A hot sec. All right, that's an old one. Because yeah. that means, um, to me, it means you do it quickly. 
Um, no. Like, I think I think the way we use it is. Oh, give me a hot sec. Like, give me a give me a minute. I just need to take a second to do something real quick. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. We're gonna record this podcast. Sorry, right, give me a hot sec. Yep. Basically, be there in a second, Dad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the last one, popping off. Popping off. All right. I, again, that would show like that outfit's popping off. It's awesome. It looks great. It's uh, it's um, fantastic. Yeah. Or right? if you're popping off at something like you're doing really well at it. You're doing really well at it. Okay. Pop off. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today and sharing almost thirty minutes worth of time of different expressions people are using. Again, I think some considerations, some just summary takeaway points is one: have team discussions about where these might go on someone's device. Teach them explicitly. Often, a lot of the words we just talked about in all of those words contain uh, phrasal verbs, which means um, what that is is taking a couple verbs putting them together, when you put them together, they change the meaning of the entire expression. Like shook is a verb, um, and you add that with the word up, the preposition up, shook up, and it means like like you're scared, right? Um, So it has a different meaning. So think about how we could either add those expressions to someone's AAC device, or how we could teach the words that are already on the AAC device um, in a way that shows that when you put these two or three or four words together, it changes the meaning. And then, of course, the last one, going back to that GG comment, is when can we just make decisions about these should be spelled? Let's go over to the keyboard and spell them versus what when do they become their own button and take up real estate on the AAC. So all good stuff. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time today to share some of those, brainstorming those. We appreciate it. One last little announcement before we head into the interview today, and that is the Talking With Tech podcast is going to take the next two weeks off. So the next time that we will have an a episode will be July 27th around that week. That uh, Maybe the 28th, 27th or 28th is when we'll have our next episode come out. And so we're going to take a two-week break here uh, just to rest and recharge over the summer, and then we'll see you in a few weeks. And now we're going to roll into the interview. This is an interview I did with someone named Shelly Anderson, and it's all about music therapy and how you can use music in uh, therapy to teach language. So enjoy! My name is Lance McLemore, and I am a team member with Impact Voices. AAC users make up a very small percentage of the population. We are scattered, isolated, and rarely or never get to meet anyone like us. This makes it difficult to impossible to have a community. Impact Voices helps to fill in that gap. Impact Voices is a non-profit organization who supports, empowers, and connects AAC users worldwide. Impact Voices connects AAC users together to empower them to make an impact in their community. Impact Voices creates a space where AAC users of different abilities and experience come together to talk, laugh, encourage each other, and enjoy the company of others like ourselves. For more information on Impact Voices and to get involved, visit our website, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn.
Welcome to the Talking With Tech podcast. My name is Chris Bouguet and I'm here with Shelly Anderson. Shelly, am I saying your name right? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So w- welcome to the podcast, Shelly. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I am Shelly Anderson. I am a board certified music therapist. I work in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I work for a private practice and then also run my business Notes to Live By um, that does more teaching basic communication through sign language and then is starting to do more with assistive technology AAC devices as well. Yeah, I think um, I've checked you out on Instagram and you're posting, you're always posting like uh, interesting resources and tools that you're using. So give us a little bit about your, your background and your, and your, exp- uh, your experience with um, music therapy. Yeah. So in high school is when I actually decided I wanted to be a music therapist. I looked into early education first and was told Um, what specifically I was looking into wasn't going to be sustainable for a full-time job for me. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll choose something different. So I kind of started looking around and that was when um, Congresswoman Gabby Giffords was um, shot and her recovery started coming out with how she was doing. And she had a music therapist and they were with the speech therapist, of course, was really key in teaching her how to speak again through music. And that was when I was like, Oh snap, that is so cool. Like I want to do that. And kind of from there, I went through high school and did all of my projects that I could on it and learned as much as I could ended up at Radford university and loved it there. Um, and then we have four years of education and then a six month internship. And in that internship is where I got introduced to assistive technology and, um, lamp words for life and a couple other specific, um, communication programs. And, we like, didn't know what they were. So I was like, okay, this is something I really have to dive into more. Like this is something that we as music therapists should know about. All right. So let's talk a little bit about what is music therapy. Yeah. So I'll give you our official definition and then we'll kind of break it down too. So music therapy is a clinical and evidence-based use of music interventions to accomplish individualized goals within a therapeutic relationship by a credentialed professional who has completed an approved music therapy program. And music therapy interventions can address a variety of healthcare and educational goals. That's kind of our like broad sweeping professional um, statement about it, but really we're using music to address non-musical goals. So we're different from music education in that way where we're not teaching music for the sake of learning. I'm not teaching somebody how to play piano just because they want to learn. Gotcha. It would be like fine motor skills, um, attention to task, frustration, tolerance. It is hard to learn how to read dots on a page, uh-huh. um, things like that. Or like you said, learning language using AAC. So there's a different yes. skill than, than, than learning how to play the bass guitar, right? Mm-hmm. But if there's a way that you can tie those two together, use the music to help you learn the language, now you're doing music therapy. Yes. And would you say that's sort of the big difference? And let me explain why I ask it in that way is because uh, something that has happened in um, 
in my world at least, but I, maybe other places, is that uh, some people have said, yeah, we don't need music therapy. A teacher can do music therapy. A teacher can tie music to um, to a language goal or to an occupational therapy goal or a life skill goal or whatever, the, whatever the goal might be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the teacher can do that. And I would make the same argument that, uh, well, yeah, but a teacher can also teach language. Are you saying we don't need a speech language pathologist? So what's your take on that? What's really the difference? And what is a music therapy? do that a that a teacher that doesn't that is that is using music how is that how does that differ yeah i would say one of the biggest differences is how that teacher is using music so if you're playing a recording that works on um even if it's a song specifically for speech there isn't time in that song for user error, for a child to need extra time to kind of work out some of those kinks and process it in the song. Whereas music therapists, most of the time are using live music and we're actually trained to use music structure to assist in goals and um, change it on the spot based on what the person is giving us. Well, tell me more. Tell me more. Give me an, an example here. So, or, or a situation that you are in. Like, well, here's a story, Chris. Let me explain it this way. Yeah. So, um, I have a person I work with, and she has a hard time getting the words out, and will just kind of get stuck on one part of the phrase kind of like a really long stutter, but she just can't get past that a lot of times. And so what we've started doing is she really loves that's what makes you beautiful um, one direction. And she gets stuck on B for beautiful, but that's the first word that she goes to. And she just gets stuck on saying B, B, B. So what we do instead is I will start the chords of the song and say, that's what makes you beautiful. And then she can repeat, that's what makes you beautiful. And it comes out just like I said it now, just clicks and boom, she can say it. Um, I would argue anybody could do that. So like try, especially if it's a song they're liking, um, try singing the phrase instead. Um, it does not matter if you're a good singer or not. They don't care. It works either way. Um, kind of where more music therapy example could come in is, um, like the structure of music, you know, when a song is going to end based on how the chords are going, you know, it's coming. You don't necessarily know what the music is doing, but you know, the end is coming. So we use that to then work to our benefit. So we could take, um, I think it's for all Williams happy because I'm happy clap along if you feel so because I'm you feel like you have to finish. Yes. You have to finish that. <laughs> I had to fill it in there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I can't just leave you hanging there. So take that feeling and then add it even more as I'm playing live music. So I'll play along, play along, play along full stop to the music because I'm and the music just leads you. You have to finish happy. So then it's not drill and kill. No, no. Say happy differently. Try it again. Get that airflow. It's 14, 15 trials in the song. And all they did was sing. Yeah. And the underlying uh, context there 
is that it's fun, right? It's fun to be singing songs and it makes it brings a an inner joy rather than like you said, the drill and kill. All right, say happy, say happy, say beautiful, say beautiful. It's just we're just gonna repeat this a bunch of times. And and there's some meaning to it, right? Uh oftentimes the music has some meaning. Shelly, let me ask you, based on what you just said there, something that sort of popped into my head was do I need to have as a uh, as a person that is using uh, music to help myself learn a strategy. So let's say I'm an AAC user and my music therapist or my teacher is, uh, or together is helping me um, with music to learn language. Do I need to know the song? Meaning um, uh, what if I didn't know the what, this happy by Pharrell? I don't know what that song. I'm not familiar with it. You know, I, I grew up in the eighties and I, I, I missed that song. I've never been to a wedding since, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you can miss that song, but yeah. Does, you know, it, it, do you have to use songs that people are familiar with? So if you're a younger child, maybe you'd be using uh, songs from a TV show or something like that. Or uh, does it not really matter? I'll teach you the song. Like, you don't know Happy? Let's come on. You should know it. Let's give you some new um, music to learn and to, to experience. Or does it different? Now, what's your what's your take on that? So I would say yes. <laughs> so it does matter to an extent. Um, in music therapy, you want to be using the music that is most motivating for that student because it's most motivating. That's what they're going to be drawn to. That's what they're naturally going to want to respond with and enjoy and keep the session going. However, if they only know five songs, I'm not going to use five songs for the three years plus that I might be working with them. Um, I will introduce new songs and kind of how that will do for language is, yeah, I might say, Hey, let's learn a new song. I'm going to play it for you. And your word is going to be happy. Let's try it because I'm cue finger points, full body. <laughs> like they know, especially when it's that full music stop, you, the music tells you that something goes there. That song is not done yet. I wonder if this is my cue. Oh, she's pointing at me. This better be my cue. Happy? Oh, great job. Woo. Now, okay. So, so something interesting to me is that like in that song, since we're using that as an example, there's a certain way that happy is said, right? With a, a certain pitch, a certain intonation, um, maybe even different parts of that song. It's said slightly different ways, right? Um, tell me the integration you had mentioned like Lamp Words for Life or AAC, where often you're hitting it and it's being said the same way. So what are some ways that you are integrating AAC and music? Like, okay, I'm still leaving this, this blank space. Now they fill it in with their device or is there more to it? Can you sh share some ideas of how you're, how you're marrying speech therapy and AAC? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Wait, wait, let me say that again. <laughs> Can you tell me some examples of how you're marrying music therapy and AAC? Yeah. So that's something I'm actually working on resources for right now is marrying the two together. So what I'm starting to do is taking the song happy and underlining for myself all of the core words in it. And then all of the fringe words that I also know are on the device. And then from there, I'll go in ahead of time with the student and say, okay, like we're going to learn some new words today. We're going to learn happy. We're going to learn on, we're going to learn there. Here they are. Here's the motor plan a couple times. And then as I'm playing, because I'm 
I then drop to like one hand on the piano and will model it with them happy. So then the music can keep going, especially if they know the song, the music continues and adds that musical atmosphere, but they've added their own word happy in. And it does only have that kind of one pitch, one intonation to whatever voice they have on their device. Um, but I would argue that some people do that too. Um, I work with some people who have no pitch at all, like no rhythm, nothing. And it doesn't affect the session. Um, they just, that's not their skill set. but it doesn't have to be because I'm not teaching them music. This isn't education. So it's totally okay. Yeah. You're not really working on trying to make the music sound the best it can sound. It's just the, the rhythm and the joy of doing it. Um, so if you're hitting a button and it's saying it in a uh, synthesized voice, it doesn't really matter is what I'm hearing you say. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then I think maybe what some of the listeners of this podcast would be familiar with is what you just described as far as um, taking a song, finding the core words, kind of highlighting those, and then uh, modeling those words when they come up in the song is also something we do a lot with uh, picture books or, um, you know, other literacy supports where we look through some uh, of the book, highlight words, and then like we'll be modeling these specific words on the communication device. So if people are listening, this would be like, well, yeah, why haven't I done this with songs already? Or if you're doing it with songs, we want to know, but is that sort of similar? Have you, have you done something similar? Have you seen something similar like that? Yeah. Um, I've seen other speech therapists, um, use that. And to be honest, I'm just now connecting the two as well as you're saying, and I'm like, oh yeah, I have seen this done before. Cool. Um, that idea was kind of born out of, I have somebody who we just found out they have a device through school and school has been using it. And I'm like, guys, that has got to come to music therapy with them. So advocated for it to be there. She's bringing it with her now. And the dad's like, okay, well, I come home and I ask her about her day and she can tell me what she had for lunch and what they did in PE. And that's it. And I'm like, oh, like, yeah, that's probably what they're working on in school. That's the same questions they ask her at home every time. They're working on that memory recall. Let's get more in there. Like she knows more. Let's get that working. He's like, okay, great. So if you do this, just let me know what words you worked on and I'll quiz her at home. And I was like, oh, no, no, please don't quiz the device. Please don't quiz her. Um, let me think of a way that you can do this at home, that it is not now turning into drill and kill. You learn this as Shelly. Why didn't you know this? Do it better. So right. Uh, that would be awful. Important. Right. That'd be that'd be the antithesis of of what you're working for. Yeah. Right. She's gonna hate the device. It's gonna become another just school testing sort of device. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not what we want. Especially she's a part-time user. She can vocalize and be understood. Um but she needs that extra support and we don't want to uh, dampen that extra support and make it not enjoyable and helpful. What, uh, what you just described to me sounds like something that could, could potentially be so doable is uh, I think every parent finds themselves in the car uh, listening to music with their child, right? So turn on some on the radio and what you just did was like, I'm playing the piano and then I stop and pause. Well, I totally picture like uh, thumbing down on the volume as the song or like quickly turning the knob down to, uh, to uh, or hitting the pause button. If you're listening to something that's, that's recorded, 
in that same way, then that, leaving that space, that opportunity to now say, to fill in that, that silence that just popped up. How does that sound as a, how am I doing? Am I learning my, my music therapy? <laughs> yeah, you're doing good. <laughs> I think for parents, for people who aren't musical, don't play an instrument. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, I'm going to start marketing those on my website for that exact reason of here's a pre-made sheet. You love this song, take it and use it. Here are the words you could work on. Um, and I'm most familiar with lamp. So they're color coded to lamp. Like here is the word I, you have to press I and then I, again, it's the double tap one, or here's the word brain. You got to go to body parts at the top and brain at the bottom. It's color coded this. Um, I think for those who aren't musical, perfect for those who are slightly musical or comfortable in their own voice. If you can sing it acapella without the backtrack, without instruments, that's even better because then you can speed up or slow down with them. Um, because I'm, and you're modeling it, it's coming up, it's coming up, boom, happy clap along. And you can kind of pace it with them. So it's not boom, 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 long pause boom, 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 rest of song. Mm -hmm. um, and then if they do play an instrument, like even better, it's a lot to keep up with. And that would not make it music therapy. Then there's not a credentialed professional. You don't have official goals you're working on, but like even better. Yeah. It's still using music to yes. teach language, right? Uh, something else that just popped in my head while you were describing going slower in the song is um, I think some people listen to this podcast, for instance, I know I do at 1.4, you know, one and one four speed, right? Or I can also slow it down to be uh, a little bit slower. And so I wonder if again, pre-recorded songs, that's not something we could be thinking about is, well, just play the song slower. That gives you more time to process the song, you know, um, and then I don't know. What are your thoughts about slowing, slowing up or speeding down pre-recorded songs? Yes. I think I would be hesitant to speed them up, mm -hmm. but more likely to slow them down. Mm -hmm. um, most times when I'm speeding up songs in a session, it's for engagement. So I guess if that's what you're going for and like they have that high energy pump up, let's go. <laughs> Great. And they can, they're familiar with the device enough that it's not again, wham, bam, song, long pause to get the word rest of song, um, kind of really quickly, but yeah, absolutely. Slowing it down is only going to help make it more part of a song. So that's really what we're doing. We want them to be included in the music and feel like they're a part of it and they have creation in it, um, by singing with us, even if it's not with their vocal voice. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. You know, something else that, uh, since you brought it up and you mentioned lamp words for life, just in case people are not familiar with that while, while listening to us, a lamp stands for language acquisition through motor planning. And oftentimes when we're teaching about motor planning, we use this analogy of, of, of music, of playing an instrument, right? Like the only reason someone can play the guitar and sing at the same time is because your brain, your, you learn the motor plans for, for both, I would argue, for singing and playing the, the music. Is Do you find the correlations there as well? I do. Yeah. Um, I 
saw that used in a presentation actually. And that's where it really clicked is they had just a universal core board and they used Taylor Swift's look what you made me do. And all of those are on there. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. And it is fast and you are moving and your brain says, Oh my gosh, what is happening? But once you have that motor plan, it is easy to keep up with how fast that song is because everything's in the same place. You're not searching for it. And so absolutely it is the same as, yeah, I don't think about what my hands are doing while I play because I'm on autopilot there. I'm thinking about the client instead and what they're giving me. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, which takes practice, right? And there's got to be a, that when you first start uh, playing the Taylor Swift song and, and you first start learning an instrument or you first start using AAC, he, there is some like, okay, what is that? Right. I mean, am I thinking of that? Right. Like it takes some time, but then the motor plans kick in because you do it enough times. Yes. Yes. Huh. I went through the lamp certification program and that was one of my biggest takeaways for how to explain that to parents, to other music therapists is they essentially quizzed us and they said, do not do this with clients, but for your understanding of this, find yes. It took us all a minute. Find no. Took us all a minute. Stop. Go. They just used some of those core words and then they would switch them up. And again, we were like, wait, that's not the that's not my brain's motor plan. Hold on. It took us another minute. But once you have that pattern, you have that pattern. And so really using that as an example to other music therapists of, hey, that might mean that you meet up with the family at some point and just say, hey, for 30 minutes, can I use this device and get familiar with it? Um, or using there's Easter Sears Crossroads here in Indiana. I don't know if they're national or not, um, that will loan out devices or getting with a speech therapist. I have an awesome speech therapist here who has let me go and just hang out at their office for a couple hours and play with their devices and get familiar with them. So if you're not doing that, how am I supposed to model on it? How do I use it? Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Well, you said you've been doing this for a handful of years now, right? Five, did you say five? I've been a music therapist for five years. Yes. I've okay. been dabbling in AAC for five, but I've really kind of hunkered down, learned more about it in the past year. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So what are some, um, uh, pitfalls or gotchas or mistakes either you've made, or you've seen other people make that would help people of like people listening to this be like, okay, well, I want to start implementing some music. This sounds like a great, how come I haven't been doing this already? What are some, uh, okay, watch out for this red flag or don't do this, do this instead. What are some things to avoid? Yeah. So I think while music is motivating, it also has the potential to get drill and kill esque. So as music therapists, we might play the verse of a song, the chorus of a song, just like it's written. And then something funky happened in the chorus. They like missed a phrase or they need work on a word. And so we might just naturally loop back around to the chorus and sing it again and maybe sing it one more time, which is great. If you're then moving on, I think we all have the potential to get stuck in this loop of you like this song. So we're just going to drill it and we're going to go And every single week. We use the exact same song, even when it's not the most motivating anymore, repeating a song beneficial, super helpful. They're going to need to um, have practice with it somehow, 
but it does have the potential to get drill and kill esque if you just keep doing one song. So I recommend using multiple songs. Um, Shelly, can I comment comment in there for a second? So that sounds like every person everywhere at all times. Meaning, I think back to the day, we'll go into um, Chris when he was in uh, high school, right? I went through my NXS phase. You know, I I loved NXS. I listened to that band over and over and over. But then eventually, like, you move on. There's songs, you know, or you get a song stuck in your head right now and you just love it and it's just your favorite song for a few weeks and then another song comes on and you're just like okay oh can i hear that song played on the radio one more time i'm not i i, I my, my wife and i for once we were on a car trip a couple of years ago and we were like okay ajr they're coming up again oh every 15 minutes we're going to hear an AJ, ajr song because it's like okay can we move now to the can we move to another band or move on right and so being stuck sounds like like that's just natural to move on like listen to it for a while but don't listen to it for infinitum it will be maddening to you and it'll be maddening to the person you're working with yes definitely get stuck in our own heads too i use songs in practice and uh like i can't wait to be king all of my clients love the lion king and there was just one day where i was like i can't play it one more time and i'll admit i told one of my clients that i didn't bring it with me that day and they're like oh okay never mind that i've sung it 12 times and definitely have it memorized because i sing it 12 times every day but yeah it just if you hear that song one more time you're just gonna lose it then we wouldn't want them to necessarily pair music with the device either pair that song and that feeling with the device depending on how early they are in their learning um, but yeah, switch it up for yourself, switch it up for them. In the world of AAC, there's this phrase called repetition with variety. So we're picking this core, uh, word, um, or core words that we're focusing on, and then we're going to repeat them, but not in the exact same way. So for instance, if you were picking, um, uh, a word like talk, can you think of a song that has the word talk in it? Everybody talks. Yeah. Yeah, right. Or um, uh, we don't talk about Bruno, right? So you can use the same word in multiple songs where you're still targeting this the word and talking about what that word <laughs> talking about what that word talk means um but then you uh just change it up right you use different songs so you're not stuck in this rut of listening to the same song over and over every week uh for months and months and months. Yes. I think that like leads me to my uh, jogged my memory of, we also want that word to have a variety of meaning. I mean, talk means talk. I don't necessarily know another meaning for talk, but, um, other words, we don't want it to be, oh, well I sing into the unknown. And so the words in and two only go together and they only go in the song into the unknown. No, in and two are words we use all the time. So make sure we're not kind of pigeonholing them into, these are only words we use in songs, but we're also then teaching the language outside of that too, which is where even with AAC training and certificates and anything else we might be able to get as music therapists, we need a speech therapist on board with us. We are not trained in how to teach that language and um, need that input too. So um, 
but making sure that if there's not a speech therapist on the team now or anymore or yet, whatever the case is, that we're not just stuffing those words into the song only, but yeah, I might model, we're going to go into the office now into the car and break out that variety meaning. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm going to add, expand on that for a second and say, um, sometimes that meaning changes when it's paired with another core word. So, so for instance, in the, in the example of talk, you were like, well, talk really means talk, right? But what if I added another word to it? Like talk back, you know, Mm -hmm. well, when I talk back to somebody, it's not talking and it's not like I'm talking at your back. It means that I'm saying something um, uh, in an angry tone, you know, or in an annoyed tone or something like that in response to someone else. But the idea is that I've taken this core word of talk. I've taken this core word of, of back, like going back. When I pair them together, it changes the meaning. So let's teach that explicitly. And then we can do it in, in, in with music. Yakety yak. Don't talk back, right? Yes. Um, so, okay, here's a fun way we can kind of teach that, what that concept is, and throw the music in there to help explain what that, that concept is. Yes, absolutely. And this is why I need speech therapy in my life too, because that that is not the training we have. That is not where my brain goes. Um, naturally, that was one of the things my mentor was... Um, I think worried's a little strong, but watchful of maybe through my LAMP certification process. She's like, I saw you're a music therapist. I'll be honest. I don't know how this is going to (laughs) go because we don't have that language um, education under us. Um, And so that was something that really, I have the engagement piece. I've been a therapist for years, that piece I've got down. Um, But it was the language piece that we really worked on um, a lot and how to use it in those different ways. Yeah, well, you know, Shelly, just to maybe put this out there for everybody listening, the way I sort of think about it is uh, the relationship there between the different therapies is uh, I've worked with occupational therapists and physical therapists for 23 plus years, right? I like to think that I have my junior occupational therapy badge, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, did I earn some certification? No. Would I go off and try and do occupational therapy? No. But have I learned something in 23 years from working with these people so closely? Well, I would hope so, right? Mm-hmm. And I would hope that vice versa, right? So I would imagine that um, by you focusing and studying for the last year and a half specifically um, or, or more on uh, on AAC and language, certainly longer than that, that you'd have your junior speech therapy badge that you could proudly wear, you know, and say, I'm a music therapist that also uh, that uh, dabbles in language, you know, uh, it's not stealing someone else's certification. It's certainly giving credit to the people that uh, that have that uh, that those credentials. But it's also understanding that not one field owns anything and it's, is exclusionary to others. It's we're all inclusive here, right? I, I think that's a good way to think of it. At least that's how I'm trying to think of it. Yeah, no, I think that's an excellent way of thinking of it. And that comes up in our music therapy conferences. I think in all professions, it is easy to try and like own whatever it is you have. Like I am a music therapist and I own music and nobody else can use it because I am trained no, I don't have a monopoly on music. Like, yes, other people can use it. Are we going to be having conversations if you're calling yourself a music therapist and you're not? Yeah. Is there potential to be harm done if you are trying to do music therapy without training? 
Yes. <laughs> but yeah, we don't have a monopoly on music and um, there have been some kind of uh, rough relationships with um, like ABA centers or speech therapists and music therapists or um, I don't know how many issues we have with OT because we really don't have that training under <laughs> us. <laughs> but um, because we try to take like ownership of that. And I think uh, both parties on the sides, like we got to stop doing that. I have learned so much from just observing speech therapy sessions with my clients. And then we talk afterwards and they're like, great, I'm trying to increase their volume. They're only whispering their words. How would you do that in music therapy? I'm like, great, here's four or five songs. Here's what we're going to start doing. Both of us are doing the same thing using music in sessions and boom, their volume of speech increases. Um, so there can be some really awesome, like dual relationships, teams coming together, continuity of care. That sounds like the ideal situation there. Um, you seem to be someone who's very curious about learning new things, right? We were like, hmm, what's the relationship between music and language and using AAC? Let me dive into this and go get LAMP certified. Um, what are some things in the in the world right now that you're very curious about, you know, in the world of, of music therapy or um, using AAC or in general? What's something you're curious about? Piqued your, your curiosity. All of it. Like, I'm just so interested right now. Um, I just started an assistive technology certification and will be starting an AAC one as well. Um, Cause I just, I want to know all of it. I'm so interested in how um, we use this in schools and how um, we can be helping teachers integrate devices into um the classroom better or whatever it may be. Um, cause there's of course on an IEP, like a whole team approach. Um, so kind of just diving in and learning more about what that looks like in schools and how assistive technology professionals, um, kind of like marry it all together and just, um, everything that they're looking at. I just finished my first week and there's so much more than I even like thought to know about. Um, so I'm really kind of honing in on assistive technology as a broad scope right now and everything that falls into it. Um, and then hopefully in the spring, we will get more AAC specific and, um, dive into how those are integrated into all different areas. Fantastic. Can you share what was, what was one of those aha things? Like, I didn't even know this was a thing. What was something you learned that just like, jumped out in your mind? Yeah. So I think it was the low tech things that I just haven't experienced yet. Um, so they had a picture of someone had like a mouthpiece and it had a stick and that's how they pointed. And I was like, that's so simple. Like <laughs> okay. there it is right there. So simple nothing I've considered before. Um, so I'm really getting a lot from the examples right now. Um, because I've been using some, um, assistive technology, more high tech, but some low tech boards, um, in my practice, I kind of know the general definition and things around that, but it's the examples of, yeah, it might be using a switch to turn off the lights or a switch to turn the PowerPoint to the next slide. And like, wow. Yeah, 
You could totally do that. It's not just communication. It's not just, uh, I don't know, any other examples. Um, it's not medical equipment. Trying to think through the differences in those two and how to define that. But yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Well, excellent. Excellent. Well, I wish you the best of luck in learning more about this. Uh, please stay in touch. Of course, it's something that I do on the daily, right? My, I'm an assistive technology person. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, how do people contact you? If they want to learn more, they're like, wait, she's on Instagram and, and she's sharing stuff that she's learning and, and practices. How do they follow you? How do they contact you? Give us your, give us your information. Yeah. So I am Shelly. It's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, two L's, two E's. And my business is Notes, the number two, live by. We are on Facebook, though, honestly, not very active on Facebook. It all just gets stemmed in through Instagram. Um, Instagram is the best place to follow me. You can check out my website. It's Notes, the number two, live by all across the board there. Um, my website has resources for learning sign language, if that would be helpful for your practice. And we'll probably be getting those um, songs up as well for parents or other professionals to use. Well, thank you so much, Shelly, for taking the time to, uh, to to share your wisdom and your musical expertise here on, on how to share uh, music and pair that with language and uh, helping with AAC. Thank you for jumping in and, and marrying those two. I mean, and furthering that, right? Because I think there's lots of people that uh, could could be doing that more, right? There's even there's so many more opportunities for that to take place because of the joy that it brings. I mean, besides the, the therapy it brings, it just makes people happy. So, um, so uh, thank you so much, Shelly. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. <laughs>